0: Hi, all you cave dwellers, and welcome to the Cavern Podcast. The Cavern Club, the most famous club in the world. From the Beatles and the Stones to the Arctic Monkeys and Adele, join us on our podcast for Cavern Conversations. Each episode, we talk to a special guest with real cavern connections. Welcome to the Cavern Podcast. Welcome to The Cavern Podcast. I'm your host, John Keats, and you are listening to Series 1, Episode 2. Now, today's guest, I first met her when she came over to Liverpool to The Cavern for our International Beatle Week Festival, the big festival we hold in, in Liverpool here every August. She was one of our special guests. And her story, which is fundamentally about her relationship with John Lennon, has been told many times, and often, as is the case, by people who weren't even there. So much so that she was compelled to finally uh, tell her own story. Her, it's her, it is her story to tell. And the result is the fantastic documentary film, The Lost Weekend A Love Story. So, from a very, very cold New York, uh, welcome to the Cavern Podcast, the wonderful, lovely May Pang. How are you, May?
1: I'm fine. How are you, John? This is great.
0: I, I'm I'm, ve- I'm very well. And it's been far too long since we spoke. Uh, we're almost in person. I'm in a pretend cavern studio. You're in New York. Uh, we're not in the same city, but we will be hopefully uh, in uh, August when you come to visit us. So,
1: uh, you know, you say that August, but it feels like, oh, we just started the year. It's going to come before we know it.
0: I know. I know this is the thing, isn't it? we It'll, it'll be here before we know it, and then it'll be gone. It's, it's such a busy week. I mean, this is, I have to say, um, that's, I, I first met you through International Beatle Week, um, our Beatle Festival, and you've been the Cavern Club many, many times, because this series, we only, only invite, if there's two there's criteria to this podcast, mate. This is important. People have to have a Cavern connection, so I will check and say, May, have you a Cavern connection?
1: Oh, Of course, I have a cavern connection. You've
0: passed the first part of the audition, and the second one is it's only people that we really like. So, May Pang, we are. It. it's lovely to see you. Uh, we need. <laughs> That's
1: great.
0: We need Thank to get. You. We need to get into this. Um, what talking of Liverpool because I'm I'm in Liverpool. Our our uh, office and our fake cavern background here is in Matthew Street. When did you first come to Liverpool? Was it for a, one of our festivals, or was it before that? Can you remember?
1: I, you know, I think I came to visit, but I was never, I wasn't invited yet because people still didn't realize um, I was a a real person that was associated with John. I came about for a visit in 1985, I think, and I was sitting with Sam Leach, his um, his sister in law Vera Brown, and her husband Gordon. So I have a picture somewhere. So you know, um, I had met uh, Sam Leach in florida there was a florida a convention and miami about 1983 or
0: sam, 84 sam leach was one of the early beetle promoters for anyone who's not familiar with Sam, lovely guy
1: yeah so that's when it was and i think in 85 i decided to come up for a visit to you know because vera said oh come visit liverpool i have to tell you it is, and I say this all the time to all my friends, Liverpool is one of my favorite cities in the whole world. And uh, I love coming there and I love visiting the people and uh, I have a great time. I mean, I really thought about, Oh, what if I had a place there? You know, that's how close I wanted to be there.
0: Okay. The the big question, which you get asked all the time, and I do apologize because it's, it's, it's what, but you can't not ask these questions. I think with, with your, with this story of yours, you know, as a twenty-two year old, when Yoko suggested that you know you should you should be with John and you should be with John. As a twenty-two year old, now we've already established that you know you you've got confidence and you but you were still by your own admission, you were a young girl. Um
1: I didn't want it. No. That was the whole thing. I said to her, it's like you and me right now, we're sitting and she's it's a table, and she's telling me this, and I'm looking at when she first said to me, you know, John and I are not getting along. Like you, you know, in your office, you would know something's always going on, but you don't say anything because, you know, you're trying to stay out of it, right? And I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear. And I'm thinking, oh, why is she telling me this? You know, we all know it. It's so uncomfortable. There's so much tension in the uh, the house office. You know, it was just really, everybody felt it. And I remember her saying this, and I'm thinking, And then she goes, oh, you know, he's going to start seeing other people. And I'm thinking, oh, now what? We got more people involved in this lifestyle. And then all of a sudden, as she's saying this to me, and she's going, oh, by the way, I know you don't have a boyfriend. And I just went, what? I don't want him. Don't look at me, I'm not interested. Goes, she goes, I know, but you'll be good for him. And I'm going, no, I wouldn't. No, 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 and then this, this went on for a little bit. She goes, oh, I think you, you should and you sh- and you will. And she gets up and she walks out the door. And I'm going, what just happened? I literally started crying because I had no idea what just took place. You know, she came in to tell me that are get, not getting along, but now she wants me to be in the middle of this thing, and I don't want it. And I told her that, and she walks out. I mean, I later asked John, I said, what happened on your side? of the, You know, when we finally got together, I said, now you have to tell me what happened. And she said he was sleeping, he was waking up, and she comes in and she goes, I fixed it for you. And she goes, what did you fix? <laughs> and he goes, so you can go out with May. And he just like went, what the hell are you talking about? She goes, you know, you need to go out. Why don't you just go out with me? And she goes, how do you know I even like her? He goes, oh, I know. I know you do. And that's all. That's all. And, she, and now he wouldn't come out of his room. I didn't want to come out of my office. And we're like two people going, what just happened? So the two of us were really... Unbeknownst that we were both really in shock about yeah.
0: what just happened. You were just pawns in a game, weren't you? I mean, that's total. Yeah, and total it's, and
1: you know, people think that John had no idea. Mm. He had no idea that this was going to be done. She, she's, he's like, he he was so embarrassed he wouldn't come out of his his room for mm. for well, a few days. Actually, he didn't want to come out.
0: the The important thing is uh, in all of this that you you did go you you did go with John and it did turn into something genuine and that's and that really really does come across um it comes across when 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 I when I've spoken to you but in terms of the you know the film it does come across as you know it it developed into something special and he he's quoted as saying in so many many times how happy he was with you in that period um I mean it once, once, you, once you became a couple, I mean, this. It, 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 I presume it just became. This is normal. We're now, we're now a couple, and this is. We're getting on with things. Is that, is that correct?
1: Yeah, it is true. You know, I mean, I said to him, I the reason I did certain work, you know, like I worked with him on on the albums, was because that's what I did when I was working for them, and. He didn't like a lot of people being around him. He wasn't that one where he says, "Oh, get me this." Get me. So when we would be in the studio, he wanted to be sure it was only just me working with him in the studio, and not some of the other people because they didn't understand the music. And he used to enjoy. We just used to banter all the time about who we listened to and all that stuff. So he, I did know that we had a good um, working relationship. Beyond that, I wasn't gonna. You know, I had no idea.
0: You know, in, in terms of a working relationship, there were, you know, let's be honest, when Yoko first came on the scene with the Beatles and Yoko would be sitting in the studio and John's, you know, quoted as saying, well, it was just normal, you know, I was, we, 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 we did everything together, she was just sat there. But there was so much resentment at times towards Yoko being around. And um, I don't know if that's, you know, when you were in that situation and you're there and you're working and you are, you know, producing, you're, you're organizing it was, was the same vibe there or were you just were not You, at all. you were just one of the guys?
1: I was just one of the guys. I, I had more, the musicians used to come up to me and go, may I tell me where I could get this? You know, I was one of the guys. I was not like, Oh, why is she here? They never, I never got that feeling from any of the musicians None of, none of the musicians. Um, they would all come to me. And I, I remember one guy, um, even years ago, like for instance, uh, he used to be, uh, he used to manage the um, the Elephant's Memory. Now that's a hard group to manage. And they would tell him, to get any answers, you got to go to so-and-so. And he said, I knew better. I used to go to May. She gives me the right answer. I don't need to go to somebody else. So they would all, they all trusted me. Because I would get the work done, and I knew where to go. And that's really what it came down to. It wasn't about anything else but to get the work done.
0: Um, I was Obviously, I've done a little bit of research. I've, I've obviously watched your documentary, so we will be talking about that. I really enjoyed that. We're, we're going to get into that in a minute. Um, but I was interested, how you, how you got into it? how you got the first job with Alan Klein's company. Cause that, cause you came to London early on as part of that connection with John and Yoko, I believe. you. Right. Well, in
1: 1969, boy, does that sound like a long time ago with a 19 and not a 2000 in front. Um, it, I just decided to go for a job. I mean, nowadays it would be impossible, but back then it was like, I'm just going to go look for a job. I don't want to go to school. I felt like, you know, school wasn't doing me anything. I, I enjoyed music and music was not really um, a thing. So I went up and asked for a job and they needed uh, people to work at the Alan Klein office. And, you know, they had just acquired Apple. They just moved into this building. And I thought, okay. And when I first asked for the job, you know, the the person sitting in front said, "Eh, no, we have nothing. But at that moment, and I always say, angels are watching over me. And just at that very moment, both doors on either side of the receptionist's desk open. And all these people are filing out, coming into, and this woman goes, this girl's looking for a job. And this guy turns around and says, come back after lunch. I might have something. Unbelievable. What were the chances? I mean, if I had waited thirty seconds, if I'd left thirty seconds before, I would have missed this.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's, it the, it's was, the it's the slides and doors moment.
1: Yeah, so I said, okay, here I am. And the other thing was, when I got there, don't we must not forget? There was one other band that um, that Alan Klein managed at the time, the Rolling Stones. So I had both of those bands, they were, they were in high gear. I mean, they were doing, um, they were getting ready for their concert, a disastrous one. The one that they were on was, uh, the one with the Ultimate scenario where the, the, um, the, yeah, the Hell's Angels, but that, I mean, that office was hopping. So, so how, and I was in
0: the, uh, so you're not, you're, you're, no, I'm just gonna say you're nine, 19, 20 at this, at this point. Very, very, 18. 18. Okay. Very, very brave just to, to turn up. And, uh, you, do, you, obviously, you knew it was Apple, uh, you knew it was Alan Klein and you knew who the clients were. And you knew if you're gonna go into the business, you're gonna, you know, you, you were going right to the top there. You must have had a lot of, uh, confidence and, uh, We'd say balls, but I'm not going to say you'd have loads of balls, but you know what I mean? To do that. Oh, that I end- do.
1: But do you know what it is? It's, I thought about it and the thought was, what did I have to lose? You know, if they said no, we have nothing, which originally she said no. And I said, okay, I didn't lose anything. I was right where I was, you know, at the bottom until and, and, something happened,
0: isn't it right that you um, you did a very very Liverpudlian thing, a very Liverpool thing, where you we would say you blagged it, and didn't they ask you if you could type or something? And you said, "Oh, of course I can type." And could you type, May Pang, at that point?
1: No, so you, I couldn't type. Couldn't I, do a lot of things because I took academic courses and not secretarial courses, and so. I would go home and I said, Well, I knew where the keys were. I just started to, I would come in early. When they said, Oh, you know, I didn't realize the office started at 10. And I would come in too early. So I had to wait for somebody to get in to unlock the door. I would get to the desk and I would look at everything and I'm saying, Okay. And I would start practicing before anybody would get in. And, you know, I didn't want that to be the, reason for them to fire me that i couldn't type so i was busy working you know you want to do what you got to do what you got to do
0: i I totally agree with you You, you, that's that's the only way to get on um okay so so you're 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 in you're in the deep end uh you're 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 doing well you're typing away uh you've you've nailed that and it's not long really before you're you started doing some work for, for was it yoko initially or was it john and yoko initially
1: Uh, What it was is that, uh, so you can get a feel for this, I started, I'm going to give you a a little thing that nobody realized um, and hadn't really picked up on it. I was there starting in September of 1969, okay, just so you know a little back history. Two weeks later, I'm relieving the girl that's at the front desk for 15 minutes so she can go (laughs) do her thing. I'm getting phone calls at the switchboard and they said oh we're a um, we're from whatever DJ from whatever in Detroit and I said yes they said we just heard that Paul McCartney is dead and and I went what are you talking about I said never heard of such a thing so I call into the office said hang on I'm trying to get somebody else in the other departments to answer this call they said no you deal with it And I said, me? (laughs) So I'm on the phone with this person. They said, can we tape you? And I said, I don't know about taping me. But they called, and they always said, there's always articles. They said, we spoke to somebody at Apple. It's actually was me.
0: Right, I get you. And what a thing, what a position to be put in when you're you're not... So that
1: was my first thing that ever happened to me there. And then in 1970, a few months later... Ringo was the first person to come in. Badfinger, Jackie Lomax all come in. George Harrison comes in with his tapes that you know he's doing. All things must pass. He comes in, and shortly thereafter, it's John and Yoko.
0: Right. Okay. I mean, this is uh, it's it's fair to say you 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 landed yourself a pretty decent job. Yeah. I think so. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, the pay was okay, but, you know, at the time for Secretary.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, but, so you, you did the, it was a film, film projects you did with, with, with Yoko, wasn't it, initially? That, that, that's well,
1: what... it was both of them. Well, it was considered for both, but it was actually her idea. It was two films called, one was called Fly and the other one was called Up Your Legs Forever. And so they were trying to, uh, shoot it get it done edit and then show it at the um avant-garde film Festival all in a matter of like three weeks
0: yeah well that's that's the way they were working in those days wasn't it that was they were very cre- I mean their creativity I mean you, you're obviously you know at that point they were with all the different causes and they they, they you know writing a song in one day getting it out and, and you know get turning these things around I mean for you as as in a first job watching that creative process must-
1: I was fascinated because to me, um, what you know, I I was sitting at home, going to school, hated it. A Catholic school, mind you. You know, I, I saw nothing but nuns for so long. Um, so, for, And, you know, I, I thought maybe I should become a nun. I mean, that was one of those <laughs> thoughts because they drill you into this thing. Um, I, thank was, God I, 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 I,
0: I was an altar boy for the Catholic Church as well, but I never considered being a priest.
1: Oh, well. You know who went to my you know who went to my church? Go on. And mind you, nobody else in the family was catholic. It just happened that that was the best school. This actor named James Cagney.
0: Oh really? Really?
1: And when he died, that's where he went for his services. Was at that church. He did not want the big church. He wanted a place where he we really liked it. That he was an altar boy, and that was. The ch- I had no idea.
0: That's crazy. It that, was it?
1: amazing. That's yeah.
0: crazy, James Cagney.
1: Yeah. So I, all these little things that I find out now or happen to me, it's it's. I always say the angels are watching over.
0: This, I, I've got to say, I watched the documentary, which I really, really did enjoy. Uh, and you know, I wouldn't say that if it if if it didn't mean it and there was a lot of what i thought was that in there was a lot of clips from previous interviews you'd done in the like 80 looked like you you very much looked like it was the 80s uh, chat shows yes it
1: was there's
0: a lot lot of um, lot of interviews you did there and you brought your first the book out it was 80 i've got it written down 1983 83. yeah loving john was the original title why did you feel i think i know the answer but why did you feel the need to do this documentary, which for anyone who doesn't know, it's called The Lost Weekend, A Love Story. Why did you feel the need to do it?
1: Because over the years, you know, first off, my books are out of print. So now that people want to go back to read it, they can't find it, or it's too expensive to buy when they can find it. So, and now we're at a a stage, you know, and I said, well, why not? Let me just go for it because people have been asking me a lot of um Beatle podcasters and, you know, really heavy duty like yourselves, you know, that know everything about the Beatles, that like eat, sleep, and breathe it. But they keep saying to me, he goes, you need to come back out because our fans, the newer set, and some of the people that didn't get a chance to get your book, they they don't have a clue. And a lot of people really believe the, um, the line, and we have this, the Lost Weekend. And I've seen where fans have actually said, what is she talking about what could she say she only spent a weekend with john so they had no idea what my history was about so and this is now at a time where we're it's a visual more than people reading books it's because it's done it's we're at that stage of the game uh, of life where everybody is it's what they can see and i you know i said it's time to do something and i and people, they, the producers, directors, um, thought the same. And, and, and uh, this is an independently made film. We had to raise the money. And um, so it's not like it's a studio-made thing. So that we had more of it's really coming from me. I mean, I had people offering saying, we'll give you money for, to help you make the film, but we want to say in it. And the, the producers in this really held true To to me, I said I didn't want to see the movie be made on you know every step of the way. I don't I don't want to be that, um, micromanaging as it was. You know, it's very easy to fall into that. I said, if you need me for something and you're stuck, then let me know. Yeah, I mean, we'll do
0: it. You you obviously met the right people and people that you felt you could trust. And I think I think in 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 that sort of create when you're so close to the story, I think you probably did the right thing. Um, I was going to say as as well. I think it's very interesting what you say about the 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 newer Beatles fans that have come on, because that is isn't that the strength of the Beatles that you know here we are so many years after after they formed after they split and you know we've recently had the new single you know uh, came out number one and they are almost bigger now than they ever were as the Beatles and young young the the next generation discovering them so these stories they need to be told you are absolutely correct need to be told in a way that they can access and understand these stories and otherwise I and mean, it it's i i felt mate it was your story to tell um, everyone tells everybody
1: everyone tells a different one i mean even yeah. when i've told the story i've print, i've put it out in print mm. they still come back they read it and the story's different so I said, you know what? I've got to be the one to do this movie. It's got to be coming from me. Um, they did a great job. And obviously, if there was anything that was not correct, they would come to me and I would say, or oh, I had any objections, they would change. And basically, it was almost zero, except for some photos of my relatives. That I said, I think you got that wrong. That's not my sister. <laughs> you know that. Um, but it was, it was on that level. So I pulled out everything I could get my hands on. Um, you know, through, from my own, you know, archives. And there was so much stuff. And I, the reason that also, you know, photos that I've taken uh, of, of John back then, these were my home pictures, my my photographs. So they became the basis for, you know, this movie.
0: That's one of the, the main things I picked up on, 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 the, on the movie. Um, your, your photography features so, so many unseen pictures and so many just real pictures of you and John and of you both being happy of John looking very very happy that's one of the things i've taken away uh fr- from this but the photography in there, and i mean it's, it's we we can go off on tangents all over because within the documentary within your your time uh with with John you did take two of the most important photos ever which which is which is incredible you know that the i'll let i'll let you tell me the pictures but the 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 disney and the the photo of john and paul i mean they these are really important pictures that that you just happen to take on your your home camera your your own thing
1: i know i mean it was like Uh, I just remembered, uh, especially the one from, from Disney world, you know, here were the dissolution of the Beatles contract. I just remember all these papers coming in, you know, a stack because it's not just a piece of paper that says, Oh, we end our relationship. They had so many assets. So, you know, you're talking about all the publishing, all the film, all the, you know, even the furniture down to whatever it was. And, you know, John started signing and he's going, come on, take some photos. And I'm going, do I really have to? People would always say, don't you realize it was like this, how historic a moment? And I'm thinking, no, because I'm. It to me it was like whatever was happening, it was whatever life was happening. Uh, Julian was in another part of the room, you know, so I wanted to be sure everybody was still happy. Lawyers are sitting here. I'm dealing with this. So I just took the camera and, I, and it was dark. I didn't even have a, a, um, a light. You know, to to sort of make it brighter. So I was ma- manually doing this whole thing. Didn't even know what I had till many years later. I'm going, what is this? Well, that's my hi- negative.
0: That's hindsight, isn't? Hindsight's a lovely thing. Yeah. If, if you'd have known, it would have been all lit and staged. And it's great that it wasn't. I mean, yeah, just the, the context there. The the other three Beatles had already signed the the the, the contract to to end the Beatles. And uh, you 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 say in in the documentary about how the stars didn't align. Uh, for, for John to sign them when he wanted to. And they, they came when you were in uh, Disney the they, they, Disney world, they came over there. Um,
1: which... And then think of it, the picture that I did catch, which again, I always say about the, you know, I'm I'm being watched. You actually see John signing mid signature. It's his hand with the pen writing. So it's not like he had finished it and it's just a signature. It's, his handwriting it.
0: no, It's incredible. I mean, I mean yeah. we'll, we're, we're going to go, we'll go back a little bit in a minute, but the other picture I was saying about the, um, in that same period, which which is when when Paul and Linda turned up again, it was in LA, I think it was, wasn't it? That
1: was in LA. That, that was, was the, that one is, uh, that was in 1974, March, the end of March. And they and they came by, it was, I think it was March 29th. Everything's like at the end of every month. Um, and they happened to show up, the uh, the night before at our first session uh, for Harry Nielsen's Pussycats album. And we're listening to playback and the door opens and I'm facing the door and I see Paul and Linda and it's like, oh, it's Paul and Linda. And John's reading my lips and he's going, Paul and Linda. And he turns and he goes, hey, you know, and that was it. It wasn't like, hey, what's going on? You know, no fan. It was like they just saw each other, and they just used a pun like yesterday. They just saw each yeah. other, you know, and it's uh, and uh, they came and he goes, "Oh, what's going on?" He goes, "Listen to playback. Hang on, you know, and you know, and we're doing this, and then they're hanging around, and of course we do the jam, and and someone put it out as a bootleg. Yeah, and then I love when the fans go, "Oh, it's terrible sound. It wasn't meant for public consumption," <laughs> yeah. as I would say. Yeah,
0: that they it they, was they, just they, a. They can play and, oh, the quality was terrible. You could, Yeah. But that was, I mean, I think Paul was on drums on, 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 on that one as well. Oh. And Stevie We there.
1: lost three drummers that night. What happened was after the session, John John takes his sessions very seriously. So here he's got this group. And it's very hard to control because, you know, you got Harry Nielsen, who's yes. like the leader who likes to have go out of his mind. And John's trying to be serious. So we get the first track down, which is... Uh, the first track of the night was "Subterranean Homesick Blues," right? Okay. So, where, where that's the first, that was the first track recorded, and um, and so the three drummers, Ringo, Keith Moon, and Jim Kellner, they go home. They're gone. They don't even want to stay. They they leave. So, and by the time Paul and and some other musicians, and by the time Paul and Linda walk in, they Half the crew's gone. So now everybody's scrambling. So to go, we're going to jam. We'll just do some jam in there. Paul just gets up behind behind the drums. And apparently it was Ringo's drum set that he got behind. And Ringo's a bit upset because the next day he found his snare drum broken.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> That's fantastic, isn't it? But I'm... I, I- um,
1: that he did he didn't like it for years, and he still talks about it, and it still stings.
0: Oh, I bet it does. But but that's incredible. I mean, that's. I mean, they are they not seen each other, John and Paul not seen each other since the split. At that point, was that the was that the first time?
1: That was the first time.
0: Yeah, that's that's crazy, isn't it? And they that's just at
1: least what about five years at that n- point? Three,
0: three, three, four years. Yeah, What have been. It mean,
1: had to be because we hadn't seen we saw george in 70 i saw i remember seeing george in 71 i don't know when paul but it had to be at least 3 yeah. 3 to 4 maybe 5 i just don't know but it's been a while that was that was then
0: but isn't that a typical male thing it's a it's a very liverpudlian thing where you know you haven't seen someone for years and there's maybe been a little bit of animosity you know, animosity you know a little few arguments to say the least and then they hook up and go yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, do you want a drink? Yeah, okay, that's fine. That's such a male thing to do. <laughs> <It's> our... <laughs> um, let's let's go back a little bit to the beginning of the lost weekend. Um, the eight, 18 or so months that you you and John were together. You in and again in in the in the film, you say that it's a myth that it was Yoko's idea to to send John to L.A. That he he actually yes. he wanted to go to it was his decision. You you say it
1: was his decision. What actually happened was we were uh, in the kitchen. It was a uh, um, we were standing in the kitchen. He was with his lawyer going over some legal stuff. Normal, um, and he turns to him and he says, "Harold, when are you going back?" Because he actually lived in LA, so he goes, "When are you going back?" because "I'm on a flight tonight." He goes, oh, and he goes, we're going with you now. The lawyer had nothing to, did not know that the two of us were even anything. You know, it was like he just looked. He go, oh, he goes, May, we're going to L.A. Go, go, make the reservations. What flight do you want? And that was how it went. Okay, we just left, so nobody knew where we were for a few days.
0: Away from that, the picture the The picture that was snapped of you of 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 you two as a couple, which which I think was was the occasion. Where, that's that's where the public got to know. It was in the papers. that John Lennon, you know, had an, it was it's in Time a,
1: Magazine. Yeah, yeah, Time
0: Magazine. How how did you feel about that was Was it was it was there any part of relief or were you were you okay with it? How how, how did you feel?
1: It was a bit of both because I tried to stay in the background. I never tried uh, because people would say, you know, that's why getting photos of me and John together sometimes was difficult, except for working. Um, Because I always said, you know, there's only one, you know, there's one star in the family. We don't need two stars, you know, because that becomes too complicated. So I always used to try to melt in the background. So when he did that, I was in shock and I knew, and a lot of people didn't know, but Yoko used to call us all the time. I mean, five, ten phone calls a day. I was gonna ask she you. She saw about that in the paper and I said, Oh, this is gonna happen. And he goes, I'll deal with it. And he did, you know, it was it happened. And she tried to blame it, you know, I I I could see how she was maneuvering. She's oh I know it wasn't your fault, John. It definitely was May. She wanted it. So it was constantly trying to to turn him and he wasn't having it. He was actually always sticking up for me.
0: How, how did I feel? Because you, you do say that she was on the phone constantly to John. Or, and to you both, uh, presumably, or, yeah.
1: Well, it's, it's to me first because she knew I would pick up the, the phone. And then uh, to him. I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it was crazy. But here's the thing. If you don't hand the phone over, as a lot of my girlfriends would say, I would have just slammed the phone down. I said, "Then what? He has a uh, he's speaking to her. If she gets a hold of him, then what happens? Because she she hung up on me, and I was kind enough to all I'm doing is calling. So you can't. Mm. So I try to stay out of it by saying, "Here, here's the phone. I don't want any of the the nonsense that that goes with it. You know. Yeah. So if she calls, I would just say, "Here, here's it's Yoko, and I mean. There were times he goes, I don't want to talk. And he just, he can hang up. I just couldn't. And then she would call up and say, why did you hand the phone to him? I said, what do you mean? He was in such a bad mood. I said.
0: You, You couldn't win. You couldn't win.
1: Because it, it, she wanted to make the blame on me, no matter where it was going. Mm. Because he was defending me in every which way. So when she said, "You, you handed the phone to her, to him," and he, and he was in such a bad mood, I said, "No, he wasn't. And he wasn't. He was in a great mood." So when I heard him slam the phone, I was quite surprised.
0: Mm. The the um. I said about John, you know, there was quite a lot in in, in the documentary that, I mean, I've, I've learned a lot from it, and just just the lovely bits, the lovely um, the normal stuff about, you know, you, you say in it about... You realise that when John had toured with the Beatles, you know they saw they only saw the back of it, a limo, the, the backstage, you know, on a plane. They never actually got to do anything. I mean, we, anywhere they went, they couldn't they couldn't do that. So when you were together in LA, I loved the bit where you you saying about you went to Vegas because you just wanted to just just. Go to normal well not is is Vegas normal America. But do well, but you know, just go and have some fun and then and then there was the the cowboy the when he ended up getting being kitted out in all his cowboy gear. I don't forget where that was, but this is all normal stuff that you were able to do.
1: Yeah, we were we were having fun. i we I'll tell you what it was, it's cowboys. You get on a, a commuter plane. You know, it's like London to, to Liverpool or whatever. And we get on and everybody's Everybody's dressed in their cowboy outfits. And I'm like, what is this? I've never seen anything like it. And we're we get on this plane and everybody's heading to Vegas. I had never seen anything where you get off the plane and there's a slot machine greeting you. And I was like, Oh, I'm a big I like slot machines. Right, okay. And it was like, oh my God. So I was having a great time um but we had never gone there we were staying at the caesar's palace that was the first uh first time when we went there tony king um tony king and and michael hazelwood and if anybody does know tony king used to work at apple at the time he was on holiday there and he was staying with his friend michael hazelwood who was a uh a singer songwriter not a sort of singer um, but he was more of a songwriter. He wrote the air that I breathe. It never rains in Southern California, you know, so uh he had a few hits on him and um and they met us there and we drove back with with them back to l a and Tony King rented this big, huge like a thunderbird uh convertible, and it was the, really like the American dream car you know riding on like a route 66 type of thing coming back on it and that's where we stopped in um in calico ghost town so we we're doing all the americana things
0: but isn't 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 that isn't that great i mean not, not only for john to do that but you know presume you'd never done these things before either you had you been no. out before before this uh adventure began this 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 chain this this career had you been out of new york at all much
1: Oh yeah, I've been out. I went to LA okay. uh maybe once or twice, but not like the way I saw LA no. with him. No. <laughs> uh and I've never been to um Las Vegas. We wanted to go to places. We wanted to go to Hawaii, but we couldn't because remember he still a lot of people don't realize he still had his immigration problem. Yeah. And even though Hawaii is part of the United States, it's traveling over international waters. Yeah. And they could arrest him at any time and throw him out while you're over international waters. Yeah. So we had to stay within the forty-eight contiguous states.
0: Well, there's enough. To, there's, there's enough to choose from, isn't there? I just. I, well, you know,
1: it's so true. I've seen it now um, because I'm doing my photo exhibition in the states. I've traveled last year to in six months. I did twenty-four cities, That's what I and I was like. I'm, I'm tired now. I,
0: I, I know. I know you've been busy because you know I follow you and we and we, and we keep in touch. But you've been you've been everywhere. And when that that's. I mean, the, the is is that photography exhibition? Is it is it going to is it going to continue to tour? Is it, is it still on tour?
1: I'm now here. We are next week. And now that the holiday's over, I continue again. And we're booking different places. And I start in New Orleans. Now, obviously, that holds a special spot in my heart because 49 years ago, January, um, Paul and Linda came by to visit us at our apartment in the city, and they were saying, oh, we're going down to New Orleans to you know, to do a new album. And John says, really? He goes, yeah, we're going to go down there, which, of course, subsequently was the Venus and Mars album. Um, so after they left you know i could see the mind turning on on john going ooh oh new orleans that would be great love it love to go that's all he would say he goes oh you would love it too you know and i said okay not thinking a couple of days later he says um and he's and he's twiddling around with his guitar you know playing on it and in our apartment, he, our bed was also our couch, our settee, also. So he's sitting on there playing, and I'm sitting on the floor doing work. My back to him, and he goes, "May I got to ask you a question?" I said, "What?" And you know, and I'm still working, and he goes, "What would you? What do you think if I wrote with Paul again?" And I mean, I stopped, and it was like The Exorcist. The head spun around. And I said, "I think it'd be so great." And he goes, "Well, why?" I said you know, you two solo are really good songwriters, singer-songwriters, but when the two of you get together, it's you know, you can't be beat. The team can't be beat. He said, "Eh, you're right, you know, and he does that. And I knew that that was a time that he really would go, okay, maybe I could write with Paul. This is after the signing of the breakup of the Beatles. So now they were free to do this. So So we were wanting to to go down to New Orleans. And, of course, it never happened because, obviously, um, his last words to me were at the end of, you know, of the month. And it was like February 1st. And he goes, we're going to go down to New Orleans, make the plans when I come back. And he he was visiting Yoko because she had a great method to help him quit smoking. So I said, okay. Um, But he never came back. And those plans were squashed. So um, that's that's what it was. So years later, let's let's move it forward. I'm married. This is like 1989, and um, and I see I see Paul, and uh, and Linda, I, uh, and I said, and I'm married to Tony Visconti, and I said to to, I think I am, or somewhere around that time period, and I said. Uh, I told Linda, I said, you know, we were about to come down to New Orleans. And she said, and I, I never got a chance to tell you, but John and I really thought about it. It would have been great. And she says, why don't you tell Paul? I said, no, 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 you could tell Paul. And she said, no, no, I want you to tell Paul. I said, no, and I'm arguing with her. And she dragged me and she brought me over to Paul. She goes, she has something to tell you. And as I told him, I said, you know, we were planning on coming down to New Orleans. and. Paul being Paul. He said, sure, sure. You know, what What proof did I have that what we were going to do was real for years later, you know? So I told him, he goes, oh, thank you for telling me. Okay. Didn't say anything. A year later, it's like uh, 1990, I think it was, when he came to New York to do his uh, uh, Buddy Holly party in New York for the first time. I get a call. And they said, oh, Paul and Linda would like for you to come to the party. I said, when is it? They said, tonight. I said, well, okay. So we go down and I see them coming through the door. Place is packed. And um, they see it. They see me and Tony. And he comes over to us as he makes his way through the crowd. And he says, Linda, did you tell him? Because how can I tell them with you <laughs> trying to get break through the crowd? And I said, Tell me what? They go, Well, you know how Derek Taylor is, he always has cards, he's always selling his stuff. He goes, Got one of his postcards, and it was one that John had sent him. That said, thinking of visiting the Max in New Orleans.
0: Really? No. Okay. Yeah. So I
1: mean, <laughs> a needle in the haystack. That's all I'm going to say. That's it. I, the angels were watching over again.
0: Isn't that amazing? So Paul, Paul and Linda, but knew that that you were you were intended to go there. And what could have been if if they'd have written again together? That's- oh,
1: what could have is is exactly it. Uh,
0: there there yeah. there, there, is, there is an there's an interview, I think it's it's featured in the documentary as well, where John's saying about his you know, as the, the million dollar question, you know, will the Beatles ever get back together? And he, he he had started, you know, he he was open to all those collaborations and
1: well, that yeah. that was all during my time, absolutely. Yeah. I I wanted him to be with his brothers. Yeah. And I needed him to mend fences.
0: Well, that's that, a that, lot of
1: fences. Well,
0: that that brings me perfectly to one of the other main themes, not only in the documentary, but in, in which I I I am aware of, but it really hit home in I think in the documentary about your your part in in really getting John and Julian back together and your relationship and friendship, which I know lasted forever with Cynthia. Um, that really comes across that you were were instrumental in in and was it was it the trip to to disney that the, was that the first time that, that Julian we first, no
1: well, we did go to Disney the first time, but to Disneyland out in California. yeah, he came right after in seventy uh, three it was the first time um it was so hard because Cynthia was bringing bringing Julian over, and I remember him at you know him saying, I wish, I wish Cynthia wasn't coming because he had not seen Cynthia for all those years. So they had not had closure. You got to think about this. No, no closure. Um, so I said to him, in my young, youthful way of saying something to him, since John and I were 10 years different in, in age, I said, you don't have a right. And he looked at me. I said you haven't been there for Julian. So Cynthia has all the right to bring him here until you show something. That's it.
0: Presumably he, he, he there was must have been a part of him that was actually scared of, of facing it with Cynthia that you know, you know that you know because it's it's well it's well documented what happened and, and the whole you know series of events. That's you, you he's being forced to to face up to it isn't he
1: and i was and i was putting that right in his path mm-hmm. but i turned around and i also said to him you won't walk this alone i will help you out well well you did you so did. He felt so he so he felt a lot of, a little bit better they got off the plane i mean he was pacing like a cat <laughs> it's like going in circles and he's smoking away got to think you could smoke back then and he's smoking away and you know who else was waiting for their their um i think his son it was um chad stewart okay um chad and jeremy oh
0: okay as in chad and jeremy okay yeah yeah
1: he was waiting and he was at the airport and the two of them started you know talking so could you imagine so i'm sitting there going this is this is too insane. But when the door opened and he could see Julian, I mean Julian just leapt into his arms. It was it was wonderful. Yeah. And John, being polite, we picked him up in the limo and we took him to the hotel and and it was just all bright lights and Julian hadn't seen all this. It was great. It was good. And so I managed to the first few days until John said, "Can, can I have time alone with Julian?" You know can we just do things along with him without Cynthia always being there? Which was right because the first few days I had her with, to acclimate her into the situation. Yeah. And now it was time for him to have some time with with Julian alone.
0: Which was quite right. I mean, in in any situation, he's, he's, got, he's got, he's got, he's got to feel, everybody, everybody's got to feel comfortable. What I thought was lovely in, in the, in the film, there's a, there's, for anyone who hasn't watched the film, there's a, there's a definite style of the piece and with the the use of the photography you're voicing over, it's right the way through, you're telling your own story, there's archive footage, there's a lightness of touch right the way through to this point, I I feel. You know, there's, there's, there's not overly bitterness towards what happened in Yoko and that control, it was told and it was told as a real love story and then you get to that point where John does go back or as, you know, allowed, Yoko's allowed me to go home, which I just thought was just awful. Just that, allowed. But then you switch to you, modern day, where we are now in New York, and the whole style of the documentary changes. And it's just you talking to the camera. Um, And Julian, it's you and Julian in that last section, which I think is absolutely beautiful. And, you know, it tells... It tells you everything, but without was that a conscious decision to do? It obviously was because the style is different, but yeah. cr- creatively and dramatically, theatrically, it really works and pulls focus. Uh, so
1: yeah, I you know I, I credit that to um, the team, especially Richard Kaufman, who really was the the main. Uh, director and producer to this, you know, who, cause he, he cuts trailers. That's what he did for a living. He does for a living. And so he saw, cause I said, I was always concerned. I'm don't, I do not i did not want the end and I didn't want the, the John's passing. I didn't want to see another one of those. Here we are, you know, no. and it had to be different. And I said, I, I don't know how we're going to get over. And he said he had an idea and he did it. And I thought it was brilliant because I didn't – we did not have to see that whole thing again. No. We know what happened. Let's just move on and see how we can convey it without <clears throat> going through that uh, that horrible scene. I don't need to see um, – I didn't need to see the guy who did it. No. I didn't need to see all that again. No. So it made it – so that was really my concern, and they they took care of that.
0: Well, I have to say hats, hats off to you all because it's really – it's 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 such a contrast to how how, how the film's jogging along and the, and then we get to that. It's it's really um, and it I'd already been thinking about the, the, the Julian connection right the way through and and Cynthia and I thought that's lovely because I know I know that you you were friends with her right right through till uh, we lost Cynthia. Yeah, uh, lovely lady. Um, you know, amazing.
1: I was so heartbroken because I had seen her about a year and a half before at her home, consoling her for The passing of her husband,
0: yeah, yeah, she,
1: So it was like, oh my god, I, I dreaded that phone call. And
0: I you know what a hard life Cynthia did have, you know. I mean, the, the, I know there was she was happy, um, uh, you know, uh, towards the end with her last husband, I know that, but you know, uh, you know, and w- another thing I was going to say about you know, with Cynthia, but it's, it's, I'm, I was going to say the same to you, life after John, you know, C- you know, that Cynthia's got. Had her story of life after John, and your life after after being in 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 the eye of a hurricane of all these cliches, um, we've spoken it's so about. Still difficult. It. we sp- Yeah, we've so we've spoken difficult. about it, and and it's uh, your your friend Tony King, and it's in the documentary. And I've I've highlighted it here. He quote this is a quote from Tony, um, who said her whole life was turned around as a result of this experience, and. From talking to you and from watching the film and knowing everyone, that pretty much sums it up. I, I, would you would you agree?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I took every day as it came. Um, I did everything. It was it was at the moment. It wasn't like oh, it wasn't premeditated for anything. So, I mean, you wake up in the morning and then all of a sudden you get a knock on the door and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's David Bowie at the bottom of the steps or, or, you know, or, you know, those are things that happen on a daily basis. Mick Jagger was a, um, one of our constant visitors every time he was in New York and they sit on the bed and they start talking all, all sorts of stuff, you know, like little boys. I, I, I gave him his, you know, I let him have his time with his friends and, you know, I would walk out of the room. John used to say, I like the way you handle everybody. Because I didn't want to be, I, you know, he needs his, um, you know, boy time, you know, with all his friends. I don't need to be in the middle of everything. Yeah. And that's how I always felt that he needed other outside people, people he grew up with, people that he made friends with, um New friends, old friends, whatever it was, and and uh, didn't have to be just me and him. We were already twenty four seven as it was. Yeah, I didn't need to make every every little bit that that tiny bit. So to me, having Julian, he got every weekend. We would make sure he called Julian. From that moment, that that um, that I gave John and Cynthia closure. Mm. He had no more fear about speaking to Cynthia. So whenever he would call and get Cynthia, oh hi Sim, what's going on? Oh, who are you seeing? Oh, and she would tell what was happening, and she would all oh, send him my love. He was a totally different person—a person back to Liverpool, seeing his friends, all that stuff started. And you could, you could tell.
0: Yeah. Well, you, you've got. So, a, you, you've, I was happy. Well, you've got. You, you've got to face up to things, haven't you? Otherwise, you you don't get the closure. You can't move on. Um, and he it, it, it certainly got that. Um, I one of the, I, I was reading something and I didn't know this one either. But, so, John goes back to Yoko, and you have to get on with the your, your rest of your life, which you do. Um, you got two lovely children. What was it? Your son that was living in Bolton. Was it Bolton? In, in yeah. <laughs> he
1: went to Bolton. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I remember. I remember you saying. I think when we when we last met. Uh, oh, I've got to, I've got to go over to Bolton. Anyone who's listening thinking, Where's Bolton? It's not far from Blackburn, Lancashire, as in the day in the life.
1: It's right it's like fifteen minutes by I think the train or whatever, or ten minutes, right outside of Manchester. Yeah. It's yeah. really just right outside of Manchester. So it's it's kind of funny. So I was quite I was coming over quite often, seeing my friends in Liverpool, go to Bolton, you know, yeah. just go home.
0: It's just it's just the most obscure. Is he is he still in Bolton? He, no. He's, he's escaped God, no. He's, he's
1: he's gone. He's come back to the states. Um, he's living in the Midwest. He loves the cold. Really? Don't don't ask me what happened. That's because but he no, loves the cold. Well,
0: what happened is he lived in the UK and he got used to it. That's what happened.
1: <laughs> he loved. He loves the Midwest, and you know he lives in Minneapolis area. And it's. Uh, I went to see him finally. He goes. It's the first. Um, what was it? First. Uh, first relative real close the mother comes out to say okay let me see your your flat and i remember going walking in and said my god it's so neat how come you weren't this neat when you were home yeah. and he just started to laugh
0: they never are they never are um
1: so he enjoys himself and my daughter's doing very well she just got married yeah, actually. i saw
0: that yeah congratulations yeah. that's that's fantastic news um and she so is she in new york is she is she in new york
1: oh she is in new york she's a, a design director for this uh, company called nest n e s t and they make these gorgeous candles and and fragrances and they're worldwide they uh, I think they they were talking about being in in big department stores here they have them in sax fifth avenue they were all these high end places sephora and I think they're talking about the different places in um, in England at oh, the moment okay. well, as
0: well. We'll look out for that. I was there yeah. was so there was one there was one thing I, I didn't know um, about you bumping into Yoko accidentally in Reykjavik, uh, yeah. which I didn't know because that was I and mean, it was October the ninth because it was to do with the Peace Tower. Uh, presumably. No, it was not happened yet. Oh,
1: this was the first trip. Okay. very first trip and it was um involving the the uh, songwriting contest okay the song, right and so i happened to be going with iceland air to to liverpool um you know to with with yes i was a, the the guest there and people could talk to me and we but you have because it was iceland air you had to stop in reykjavik which i loved i said perfect. Another city. I'd love to yeah. Reykjavik. Yeah. Iceland. All right. Get off the off the plane and get, get checked in. And, some, and the person who um, organizes it, Yoko's in this hotel. And I went, oh, okay. Haven't seen her in years. So I wrote her a note. And I just said, hi, it's May. I'm, I happen to be in the same hotel. Um, wishing you luck, whatever it may be. And I'm staying here. Just passed on, heard nothing. And so the next morning we were on a plane to, to leave for Liverpool to actually go to Manchester, then Liverpool. And I remember uh, going into the restaurant and tons of press, tons of, you know, everybody uh, from both sides, you know, my the party that the people on our plane and the people that were, you know, with her walked in and there was this table. And I took my girlfriend with me and there's this table with all the food. We get all the food sitting down and I'm sitting opposite of, of my girlfriend. And there's a, it's like a banquette, you know, to all straight across. And she sits and I'm, I'm facing her and she goes, Oh God, she just asked me. I said, who just asked you? What are you talking about? And she goes, she just asked me what I should have for breakfast. I said, who? She goes, Yoko. And I, <laughs> I said, oh. So I turned over, and I looked, and I went, I see her. And I said, well, I took a deep breath, and I said, I guess I better get up and say something. And I did. I walked over, and you could hear a pin drop in that restaurant. All of a sudden, it it just went quiet. Two rooms, and it went dead quiet. So I just remember I went, Yoko, and she – I'm Yoko. I go, Yoko. She goes, Yoko. Yoko. No. I mean, by the third time she had to look up, there was no other place to look. You know, you've done this, right? So she looks up and she goes, I said, hi, it's May. And she goes, and I said, I just wanted to come over and say hello and wish you well on your project. She goes. Thank you. Mind you, she had a woman holding her food on one side of her, and she had an assistant on the other side with her arms stretched out, like thinking I may jump over the table or something. And I'm like, and I said, okay, that was it. So thank you. I turned around, I walked back, and I sat down. And I said, I did my bit, right? Sat down, to start to eat, and I see out of the corner of my eye, I see Yoko wandering again. She's wandering around the tables, and I said, okay. I said to myself, she's looking for me. And sure enough, she stood off to the side and she starts doing this. (laughs) And I'm going. And I start looking over my shoulder to be sure. There's nobody else. I knew it was for me. And I went. My girlfriend says, who are you waving to? I said, Yoko, (laughs) under my breath. I wouldn't get up again. I said, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, "Hi, how are you?" She's mouthing this whole thing. What? What? Why? Why the sudden? Because the first time didn't look so hot. Yeah, I would say take two. You know, she was very distant, and I was just being friendly. And but but it's now it's
0: it's 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 interesting, isn't it? That, that she 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 felt the need to turn on the PR and and, and turn it all around and you know, it's,
1: it's... with all the press sitting there, mm. she had to do something.
0: Yeah. Oh well, it's all comes that she did her best, Paul McCartney, and put her PR head on and said, "That's the one." Listen, I, you know what? I could talk to you for hours, but I did say to you we'd be chatting for about an hour. You know what I love about this conversation that we started talking about Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool's been throughout this 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 episode this this chat. You, you know, even this last conversation, you were on the way to Liverpool via Reykjavik. You know, a random meeting with Yoko. I love that. I just can't wait to to welcome you back um, for our International Beatle Week Festival in August. but it's going to be great. We're going to show the documentary, uh, and we're going to great. we're going to do a Q and A or an interview. I might even uh, try and uh, do that myself, and we could we could we can we can have another chat, um, and uh, we'll, we'll do that for all the Beatle fans in August.
1: Absolutely, I look forward to it. We'll talk about the schedule. There is a possibility, possibility. Don't know yet. Go on. Might I might maybe bringing over a couple of maybe the exhibition might come over at, at the same time.
0: Okay. Well, I, well, we'll talk about that. We'll because we'll, I was thinking when I said to you before, is is it going to is it carrying on on tour? I thought yeah. if it would be great if we could have an element of the uh, photographs and the, that that exhibition. Well, we, we'll,
1: Scott, my yeah, Scott, my partner in this okay. um, I, has been has been. Checking things out. As
0: they say in showbiz circles, uh, mate, you get your people to talk to my people. In in that case, my people is me. It's only me. But uh, we'll talk about that. Hopefully, it would be enough to have you here anyway. But the fact that we're finally going to get to uh, show all our International Beat the Week fans who haven't seen it yet, the uh, your documentary, uh, will be great. We'll have a chat. We'll we'll have a couple of drinks at the bar. You'll meet up with all your old friends, Frida, Frida Kelly, former Beatles fan club secretary. I was speaking to Frida yesterday. She's in good health. She said she spoke to you the other day. Yeah, no, she's doing really well. She's wonderful. So you two lunatics will be reunited in August, (laughs) and uh, we look forward to it. Okay, so before we do wrap up, May, and say goodbye, we're asking all of our guests on Series 1 of the Cavern Podcast to choose three songs by a Liverpool artist. They have three favourite songs by Liverpool... This is so... We're going we're to compile a, a Cavern Podcast um, playlist for Spotify. So we have asked you in advance, and uh, have you made your choice?
1: Well, yes. I It's very hard because there was so many... So many uh, that I really love, and you know, um, obviously Jerry and the Pacemakers. You know, don't let the sun catch you crying. That oh, that that oh, um,
0: that, you, that, you, that is in straight. I mean, I I'm not the judge and jury on this, but that is my favorite Jerry and the Pacemaker song, and Jerry wrote that. That's one that Jerry. What a beautiful yeah, song! What a beautiful.
1: It is a gorgeous song. Um, <laughs> the second one, and and you know. Um, it was a toss-up between two people. Uh, one was Billy J. Kramer, and you know, "Bad to Me," but of course, which is written by the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, or, or, but the other one was I was on the road, out of the, in the Midwest, and I hear Freddie and the Dreamers.
0: Okay, there's a bit. Carry on. There might be a bit of controversy here, but carry on.
1: The song that I I heard. Um, I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now. Mm-hmm. And he yeah, had the funny dance
0: funny. as well. And yeah, yeah.
1: Yes, and that was the other one that was in my my head. And then I liked And then the third person for me was Scylla Black.
0: Okay, Scylla's
1: You're uh, my world.
0: That's a great song. So it, yeah. you, you're going. You definitely going with Scylla Black. You're my world. And number two, you'd yeah. like to go with Freddie in a dream. As I'm telling you now. Well, yeah, t-
1: because that's so that's so nobody picks them. And it's like in the Midwest, I was laughing. I said, of all the places to hear this song, the- you know, and so um and then uh so that that's the second one. Well now I'm gonna pick something
0: no, out. I, I need to pause. I need to pause. I need to put the judge's hat on here, mate. I'll do Okay. Now, number two, Freddie and the Dreamers, I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now, young lady, you can't have that. Oh because they are from Manchester. They're not from Okay, Liverpool. Then we'll
1: move them to the side.
0: <laughs> They're gone. Then we'll move them. Are we going are we going back to Billy Jay with Bad To Me?
1: Then we'll go to then we'll go to Billy J and we'll do Bad To Me. Mate, thank,
0: thank you very much. What's the weather like over there? Is it is it full you've got snow?
1: Not, not me, not in the city. That was the difference. Where I lived, uh where I used to live upstate, I would have had a foot. I've had uh, point 0.2 oh, well, that's and good. it's all gone That's good. and it rained and we had a huge uh, storm rainstorm yesterday that's it good for us
0: well if it's cold wrap up well and uh bring this bring the sunshine with with you in august we'll see you then may thank you very much for joining us today on the cavern podcast take care
1: thank you take care can't wait
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Cavern Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed it. Remember, we can't do this without you, the audience. So please like, share, and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, get involved on our socials and tell us your cavern stories. See you next time on The Cavern Podcast.